0: Hello, beautiful people, and welcome back to another episode of BU with Declan Edwards. Now, this week on the show, we are continuing our special archive series. So, remember, that's four episodes that were previously unreleased from 2019 that we've decided to let out of the vault and give to you guys for 2020. And this is all happening in the lead up to the launch of our brand new series. On BU with Declan Edwards. Don't forget we have three incredible series, all dropping on the podcast mid-February. So to recap, we have the 15-minute mindset series, and that's where in 15 minutes or less I teach you practical skills and tools to enhance your mindset and enhance your life. So it's real short, it's real punchy, it's real actionable. It's gonna be one of my favorite ones. And that comes out every second week as of mid-February. We also have our Insider Scoop series where we interview members of the BU community. They could be graduates, tour attendees, current coaching members, uh, or it could be our staff. Just to get first-hand insights and share firsthand stories of how personal development and well-being can change your life and the life of those around you as well. That's going to be coming out every month as of mid-February. And then finally, we have the Wizards of Wellbeing, which is the series where we bring in guest experts who are creating absolute magic in people's lives, and we get them to share their tips and tricks and perspective on how you can live a happier and more thriving life. And that's also coming out once a month as of mid-February. But in the lead up to all those seasons dropping, as I mentioned, we are releasing these unheard of interviews from last year. And this week, we've got a really special one, one that's close to my heart. Uh, This week, we're releasing the interview I did with our creative director, Nate. So Nate has been part of BU from the very, very start. Uh, Nate has been a close friend of mine for, we realized in this interview, over seven years. And I've personally seen a really beautiful change in Nate over the years as he became more clear on who he, he is, what his values are, what matters to him in life. And he started living a life more in alignment with that. This is a man who has really gone through a lot of self-exploration to create a life of authenticity and show up openly, honestly, and with vulnerability as himself. It is a beautiful, beautiful interview and a beautiful conversation. I cannot wait for you guys to hear it. So you know what? We're going to jump straight into it. Please join me in welcoming Nate to the show. Okay, here he is, the man himself. I am joined today by a very, very close friend of mine. Uh, As you would have heard in the introduction, Nate and I have known each other for a long time, and I'm particularly excited to have him on the show, Um, really because we've worked together for years. We've known each other for years longer, and I think we've formed a really nice bond, not only in being in BU Together, but outside of that as friends and, and really valuing each other as individuals and our own growth as individuals. So it always excites me when someone I care deeply about and I'm passionate about seeing grow as an individual randomly messages me and goes, "By the way, if you've been thinking of getting me on your podcast, you should do it now." <laughs> and I went, "You know what? That's a bloody great idea. That's getting on." So uh, Nate has just come back from Seed, and I'm not even going to remotely try and describe it. My awareness of it is, I imagine, similar to a lot of our audience's awareness. So for those listening, um, Burning Seed is an offshoot of Burning Man, which is the more famous one that's obviously over in um, the US, and that is literally where my understanding of this stops, and I think that's where my understanding of this would stop for most of our listeners, so I'm particularly excited in, I imagine that's going to come up in conversation because the message you sent me came straight after that um, event that you were at, and I know you and I have had a couple of discussions since then about the growth and the exploration you had of yourself there, um, which I'm very excited to share with the audience, so before we jump into all that though, I would love to throw to you and just get your perspective Nate on why this basically came to be, like why now, why here, um, and really just explain a bit more as well about what facilitated that for you.
1: Yes, we. Um, yeah, like you said, we've known each other for quite a while now, it's um, what, almost seven years. Jeez, yeah. Yeah, um, so I'm stuck with you for life now. It would be more than seven years now. Yeah. 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 Uh, there's a... Study or something that, um, uh, if you've known someone for seven years and you've been friends with them for that long, you kind of stuck with them for life. Oh, wow, yeah, so I'm stuck with you for life now, mate.
0: mate Done, I'll yeah, take it.
1: Yeah, me too. <laughs> cool, um, yeah. The reason why I hit you up was uh, like you said, we have not known each other for quite a while and we've seen a lot of growth in each other. Now, uh, over the past three years, burning seed has been like a really pivotal part in my growth. Um, lots of. Uh, it's For me, it's a really special place where it gives me time to get away from the real world um, and just kind of take a step back and really look at myself uh, amongst lots of other things while you're there, but it seems to be a boiling pot for that type of experience for me. So uh, I've got a lot out of it this year as well as I have the previous years, and I was like, you know what? Declan's got his podcast going. Oh, perfect. I feel like I've got things to share. Will help me process my experiences there as well and might give a bit of value to other people.
0: Which is such a great expression of a couple of things. I think one, allowing yourself the space from your day-to-day life or what you might call the real world to reflect without that external influence. Yeah. And then also taking the reflection and and consciously processing it and putting it into action afterwards. I do worry a lot of people will go to something like this or travel or whatever it may be for them, getting that space to reflect. And they have these realizations but then there's no actual processing afterwards there's no embodiment afterwards there's no um action afterwards and i do uh, believe that sharing your realizations is such a great way to embody them um so i'm really actually quite grateful for you taking that opportunity to jump on and to, to do this tell me about now i can uh, see them there. i'm sort of looking at your notes there's and i know we've had this conversation before these 10 principles that form the foundation of Burning Man and Burning Seed and that I know have formed a massive contribution in your personal development and growth.
1: Yeah, so um, that's what makes Burning Seed uh, an offshoot uh, of Burning Man. It's It's one of the three regional burns in Australia. So there's Burning Seed in New South Wales, Modifier in Queensland and Blazing Swan in Western Australia. And the thing that makes them regional burns is that they're based on the same 10 principles that Burning Man is. And those 10 principles are radical inclusion, gifting, decommodification, radical self-reliance, radical self-expression, get back to that one because it's a massive one for me, Uh, communal effort, civic responsibility, leave no trace, participation, and immediacy. Uh, The reason why I said I'll come back to radical uh, self-expression is because that's the first thing that got me really interested and intrigued by Burning Man before I found out about Seed. Um, The concept of having a space where you can radically self-express yourself Mm. um really spoke to me because for a lot of my life i've held back in expressing myself Mm. so it was a massive draw card for me and i've gotten a lot out of having a place that allows me to go this is what i'm really passionate about this is what i love doing and kind of having that space that gives me permission to express it so wholeheartedly Mm. so wholeheartedly Mm
0: and really take away like the masks and the yeah yeah if and I'm, it's the
1: same masks cuz for quite a while i would kind of wear different masks in different situations and like the pro like having been a burning seed i've learned to stop putting on other masks and just have my face and present it
0: which, I mean, obviously, you, you know, you've been a part of BU since the very start. It's such a big part of our ethos is the best gift you can give the world is to be you mm-hmm. and not have to juggle all these masks. But that can be such a difficult thing to do. It's funny that you mentioned as you were going through the, the principles, I was, you literally read my mind. I was going to ask, so is there any of those in particular that really stood out to you? Um, and I was almost asking as a loaded question, yeah. because I was like, I've seen the change in you giving yourself permission to be yourself over the last few years like the man you were when we first met to the man you are now completely different people That's not not say one's better one's worse but like it's just peeling back the layers and allowing yourself to be real and be genuine
1: um, one of the biggest things that actually gave me permission to start expressing myself and being myself wholeheartedly was I'd known was when we first met Mm. I'd known you for all of five minutes I, I went to lock up my unicycle I came back and you go you know what you don't seem like a Nathan, you seem more like a Nate. I'm going to call you Nate from now on, just accept it. And I was like, cool, perfect. New city, new town, new friends, uh, burning bridges, so to speak. And just having that distinction between Nathan and Nate
0: has been massive for me. Like, really pivotal, I think. Tell me more about that. Like, what do you think was that, what really allowed that? Was it like a spacing thing? Was it almost like a closing of a chapter, start of a new chapter thing? Like A
1: little bit of both, I think. Yeah. Um, grew up in a small country town and kind of, uh, actually, I remember one time I kind of was expressing myself through my attire at school. One time would have been like year eight or year nine. I was like wearing back in the emo days. So I was wearing the leather wristband and someone just started piling crap on me for it. Mm. And I was like, cool, don't express myself with my attire, kind of conform, mm. conform, 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 just don't be noticed. To avoid that again um so yeah moving to newcastle was a massive one for me that i could i didn't know anyone mm-hmm. so no one i didn't know if i was going to meet anyone again if people were going to be in my life for a long time i kind of gave myself that permission moving to newcastle to be like not oh, cool i can be myself because i have that space i don't have any attachment to anyone's perceptions of me
0: there's no, like, there's no, these preconceived notions of who you yeah, are and what it means exactly. to be, you know, Nathan and becoming yeah. next right on that night. Um, it's interesting hearing you talking about that because instantly I sort of reflected on my own journey through school and upbringing and I was like, yeah, shoot, I can see that that happened a few times to me as well. And I think, unfortunately, there's a very common pattern um, where people go through this identity shaping, Now uh, depending on who you read, our identities first formed between 8 and 12 and then readjusted in our early 20s. Uh, is the most common times that seem to come up in the research, and it seems like almost in this eight to twelve, we start to figure out a bit of who we are and what we like in our identity, and then between twelve and twenty, uh, for a lot of us, we're just picked on for it, right? And so it's always this matter of uh, uncovering who you are mm-hmm. in your identity, and then burying it for many yeah. years or repressing it or hiding it. So, you know, as you said, conform, conform, conform. Don't you know stand out? Um, talk to me about the peel back process of that. Of, of taking, and I know Seed has been a huge facilitator for that. So I know that that's going to be part of it. But just talk to me about the process of actually peeling back the layers and getting back to well, hang on, like who am I? What do I believe in? What do I like? Yeah, and what feels real to me?
1: Uh, first year at Seed, it was a massive realization for myself in that um, I kind of repressed and totally shut away and locked up in a box a massive chunk of my childhood. Mm. Um, I had had really really bad anger issues as a child. Like my mum used to describe me as ballistic. Mm. Um, yeah, and I kind of locked that away in a box and totally forgot about it. Um, and I learned a lot of repression out of that. Um, and it, seeded, it, all, it all came bubbling up and mm. I kind of confronted it and realised that was a massive part of who I was and processed it and kind of let go of it. 'Cause I, even though I'd repressed it, it was I was still holding on to it. Yeah. Cause it was locked up in that box. I still had that box. I just forgot that I had that box. Mm-hmm. So I let go of that and then and there was a moment that that first time at seed that I kind of let go of it all. My body went completely still and I lost like, hold a lot of tension in my shoulders. Mm-hmm. Do, um, yeah. It's hard to like articulate such profound experiences and feelings. There was a massive one for me in that I let go of it. And it was, I think it felt like the first time I was still in my life mm. that I let go of it.
0: Yeah. Which is, um, uh, I want to touch on something you said there because I think it can resonate with a lot of our listeners, this idea of, you know, I was repressing it, but it was still there. I, I buried it in a box, but the box was still in me, and I'd forgotten the box was there. yeah. and I, I, I do see so often in, in people that we coach we listen to this idea of a shadow self that maybe they're ashamed of, maybe they were bullied for when they were younger, maybe they were guilted about. and so we we fight it. We put it in a box, we we fight harder and harder and harder. and eventually we think we've won because it's not really its head, but it's just been buried. yeah, and it comes out in these other ways, these other forms of expression. Um, there's been a lot of research done around like addictions and distractions and things and how that plays out i i i'd I'd love to get your perspective on this. Do you feel that part of you said letting go of it was getting close to it
1: definitely like you, it's awareness is a massive thing like if you're not aware of something you can't confront it mm. um that was a massive one for me this seed um I think we've we've talked about this a bit before, so I'll set it up again. Uh, Started a night uh, with a bunch of my friends and we kind of set our intentions for the evening. Uh, My intention for the evening was gratitude because I feel like I'm my best self when I am grateful. Um, Throughout the course of the evening, started out gratitude amazingly, had this really nice moment where I was super grateful for myself, Mm. uh, for my friends and the role that my friends play in each other's lives. And it was really beautiful. And then as the night progressed, I uh, kind of avoided, was avoiding the whole reason why I kind of went to sea this year, which was to deal with the grief of losing our friend Tom
0: because
1: mm-hmm. um, I didn't really feel like I got to grieve him at his funeral and I hadn't allowed myself to go to that place and confront it to let go of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so throughout the course of the evening, I was like, cool, I'm going to go off by myself and sit down and really reflect on Tom, be grateful for his life and kind of process those feelings and emotions. But for the whole night, I just ended up doing laps of the whole event, avoiding it. Um, From there, I was kind of like, cool, I've I've been avoiding this. I kind of made myself aware that I'd been avoiding it and aversion is something that I do quite well. Um, So the next day, I went to the temple and I kind of really, I went to the message that I'd written for him and laid my hand on it and let the walls kind of slowly melt down and the tears start flowing. Um then there were some people playing like hand pans and singing bowls up the top of the temple. So I went sat really intently right by them so I could tap into that energy from the music. And I let the damn wall break mm. and just let, let the damn wall break and let those waters emotions and feelings that I've been repressing and averting just hit me.
0: Mm.
1: And they just kept coming in waves and waves. I was smiling at times. I was bawling my eyes out at times. I was weeping. And I just let it all wash over me. Mm. And really powerfully became really grateful for the life Tom led. Mm. Um, There was a message from someone that I really needed to read in the temple and it was, at least I know you're at peace now. Mm. I took so much comfort out of that. Um, Obviously, I still got a lot of love for time in my heart and I can hear it in my voice. But it was really nice to have that space where I could self-express the pain and the loss and the gratitude without fear of judgment Mm -hmm. and just totally let it out. And there was a really nice moment where I kind of let the waves had started subsiding and the musicians had kind of stopped for a little rest and I opened my eyes and I really intently said thank you to those musicians for, like, facilitating that part of my journey and growth. Um, And then this man came, just locked eyes with me. He must have been sitting down and watching me process. He just locked eyes and just held my head and looked into my soul And there was no judgment uh, on his part and no fear on my part. And it's probably one of the most intimate moments I've had with someone. And just that someone could witness and be there in that way was something amazing for me.
0: Yeah, and for me, I really want to just recognize and appreciate you sharing that experience so openly. As I said at the start, I'm such a huge believer that our own moments of growth and challenge can be a platform to help so many others go through that and to plant a seed for them. So you giving yourself permission to share that so openly and wholeheartedly, I have no doubt has made an impact in someone listening. Um, and one thing that even just stood out to me and resonated with me as you are talking is this idea of grief and gratitude being processed and experienced almost simultaneously, rather than you know, it was funny you mentioned. You know, my initial intention was gratitude, but then I realised, hang on, I'm avoiding grief, and and i never thought that until you said that. I was like, oh my god, how often do I and do others fall into the trap of using gratitude or you know positive thinking, which we all know how I feel about that, or uh, you know these other tools that are very beneficial and are very good for us. But we use them as a tool of distracting ourselves, right? Rather than going, well, hang on, we can do this at the same time. There is, um, you know, beauty and and darkness and struggle and joy in grief and in gratitude. And and it's really quite beautiful hearing how those started to wash over you together. Yeah, You mentioned this idea of they came in like waves and the damn wall was broken. And um, I can't help but think in my head, I imagined the idea of the damn wall breaking I was imagining that in the lead up to that damn wall, it's not just a wall holding you there. It's like literally you holding it. Oh, yeah. Right? It's sure. like there's so much conscious effort and unconscious effort and energy put into holding all that back. Talk to me about how you felt after it. So you go, you let the wall down. It all washes through you. Talk to me about the next couple of days, weeks. Like-
1: I'll tell you what immediately happened afterwards. So where the temple was was about oh, maybe a kilometer away from where we were camping. And as, as the waves subsided and I came to a very peaceful place, I uh, definitely wouldn't say happy, mm. but it's, it was just peace and content and calm. Mm. I came out of the temple and I saw maybe half a dozen people that I knew and I was like, I could go and engage with them, but I'm just going to sit in this. Mm. I ended up walking pretty much a whole kilometre back to where I was camping with my eyes closed, just very calm, small, mindful steps filled with intent. And I just sat in it. Um I, was, um, I don't know if you've heard of being yogi stoned. No. It's like this... My face was just like super relaxed and all my limbs were very relaxed and flowy and the pressure valve had busted. Okay. And all the pressure inside of me had left. Yep. And I was just... And this wonderful, calm peace within myself and for the way the world is. Um, kind of came back to camp. Um, my friends were going about their business, making lunch and whatnot. And I kind of just sat there and the gratitude came. I was just very grateful for, for little things. Just like just for the people being exactly who they are. No judgment on who they are is just... Love and appreciation for them being who they are and having them in my life. Mm.
0: This might be a bit of a curveball question, mate, but I'd, I'd love to know. Have you found that that, because you mentioned a few times now, no judgment and acceptance and love and gratitude for others? Have you found that's become easier as you've practiced that towards yourself? Definitely.
1: Mm-hmm. Definitely. I don't think if I it's been a few moments where I've like tapped into that feeling within myself very clearly, mm-hmm. but having tapped into those moments, it's made it very easy to facilitate bringing it out more often. Mm-hmm. It's like um, I think we've t- discussed this quite a few times, with the trouble with like the positive thinking movement is you can't be happy all the time. It's an unattainable goal. So I feel having been able to tap, tapping into certain emotions and knowing that I can access them mm-hmm. has given myself permission to let them flow more freely Mm. and not repress them as much. Um, Bringing back to what you said about bringing that outside of uh, the event as well and back into the, the real world or the default world as burners call it, it's a massive thing and it's a big challenge after you come out of a week of being at Burning Sea is how to integrate it into your daily practices and that's something that I came out of this seed with a lot of intent is that it's really cool to like be able to go away once a year and experience and have all this these things happen. That it's really important to for myself that to, to make sure that I don't do avoidance is that I deal with things throughout the year and kind of process and have the intent of bringing what I experienced there and what helped me there into my daily rituals and practices. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, so as if we use the analogy of the dam, it's almost as if like you go away, tear down the dam wall, let it all out, and then you go back to day to day life. And whether it's the environment, whether it's other people's perceptions, whether it's old habits, whether it's you just falling into familiar patterns, that dam wall gets rebuilt, and then a year later it's overflowing. And you're like, oh shit! Now I've got to go here, <laughs> you know, yeah. blow this out. And I think I love the idea, and I know we caught up about this when you got back, um, of making it this intentional regularity these small sips of water and if we are the analogy instead of building the dam wall it's just letting a river flow yeah and sometimes that river is going to be really calm and beautiful and peaceful and sometimes it's going to be quite stormy and, and sometimes
1: i'm going to want to go in there <laughs> and put up the, the flood wall again yeah i think um I've, i'm learning within myself how to add those little breaks mm. as the dam wall goes up it's like mm-hmm. it's all right to have the wall there but i'm going to put a couple of holes in it so i can doesn't build up for a year and then I need to, because that's a big thing I called myself out on paying, doing avoidance was like placing all this expectation on burning seed as being the release valve, mm. the place where I can let the damn wall break. And I was like, hang on, if I stop building the damn wall break, I'm not going to need to go away once a year and let it bust down again.
0: Right. And we, I mean, for you, you know, that was the expectation around seed. I see so many people, and I know in the past, I've definitely been like it, where it was the yearly holiday. Or it was, I mean, the most uh, insidious uh, version of this is the living for the weekend. Yeah. The damn wall goes up for your professional life of five days a week. And then on the weekend, well, now you can be yourself. Now you can process emotion. Now you can let it all out. And so the cycle goes. So, Mm. you know, for everyone listening, just uh, I'd highly encourage you to take real conscious note of what Nate is sharing with us here in terms of it's amazing to give yourself space to do that and do the deep work. And I'd say it's necessary. But once you've done that, it's also about continuing it as a habit and as a process and 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 making it flow. Correct me if I'm wrong, it seems like the big themes here that are really coming out are, are awareness, acceptance instead of judgment, um, and permission are the three that have really stood out to me so yeah, far. Yeah,
1: permission has been a massive one for myself. Um, there's a particular philosophy called Thelema, and the core principle of that is do what thou wilt um, shall be the law and the whole law, uh, love under will. And when most people hear do what thou wilt, they think,
0: oh, cool. i us be I'm, debaucherous, let's be yeah, terrible. let's go yeah. do whatever
1: I want. It's um, really about following what they call your true will. Mm. So that's what you're innately going to do and not fighting it and just it's like I'm going to do this. This is the way my brain works, and it's going to do this. So I'm going to accept that this is the way I am and that's what my true will is. Mm. And that's been a massive one for me in allowing myself to have permission to process those emotions and behave the way I
0: do. Yeah, yeah it sort of, again, comes back to that uncovering and unravelling of massive the true way. self and removing those outer layers and the distractions and the um, preconceived stories of trying to be someone or something that you're not.
1: I think that's a massive one too is like trying to fit into the stories. Mm. I call them default narratives. Uh-huh. It's like it's the white picket fence, the 2.5 kids. Of course. The uh, soccer on the weekend with kids or the you're 9 to 5 clock in, clock out, all that sort of stuff. Um, massive one for me was realising that that isn't my narrative. Mm. I don't need to follow the default narrative. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I've always... Um... Joked with people that uh you remember when growing up we had the pick your own adventure books and at the bottom it would have two options and you choose the page page, number yeah Yeah, I I joked with people I was like if you were to open the book and read each page and just always choose the first option at the bottom of the page what you're likely going to get is the default narrative yeah and that might be the perfect narrative for some people but you're not giving yourself permission to even look at the other options or explore them. Now, I don't know what you're like as a kid. For me, I would always read both options yeah. and go, which one do I like the idea of the mm. most? And as silly as that, that may sound, I think if we have that perspective in life to go, okay, I'm not being forced down any path. I do have choice here. Mm. I've got the ability to choose which feels truer to me,
1: Yeah.
0: which feels more real, which feels more authentic, which, which one would I have to put a mask on for mm. and bullshit my way through? Okay. I'm probably not going to take that option.
1: Right. I think you can pull it back to the, uh, the non-judgment thing as well in that there's nothing wrong with the default narrative because mm. that's just what I perceive to be the default narrative. Uh. Um, it was, for me, it was more it's more of a way of looking at what society has dictated. I feel society has dictated the path that I need to follow and coming to that awareness of, hang on, I don't necessarily align with those things. They don't serve me. I don't need to follow that narrative mm. and, like, writing my own narrative rather than picking the
0: options of the book as well. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Just yeah, having the blank pages to write whatever you feel. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's beautiful. Um, mate, to to wrap us up and let me put you on the spot. I don't know, I always throw just to throw you on the spot for the last one. Um, let's say there's people listening to this. Um, well, let's hope there's people listening. To this. Yeah. <laughs> let's say there's people listening. And for a few people in particular, it's, really resonated with them for the reason that they do feel like they're wearing the masks, for the reason that they have an idea of who their true self is, but they're not exploring it. They're putting it in the box. They're repressing and burying it down. What would you say from your own perspective and your own journey have been some of the most pivotal concepts or decisions or moments that have allowed that change for you? I think
1: uh, the one that usually comes up when I talk to people about this because the last seven or eight years that I've known you have been massive amounts of change for myself. I think the real pivotal one for me was making the decision to move to Newcastle and actively get out of my comfort zone. Mm. I knew when I moved to Newcastle I wanted to kind of get away from my old life, so to say, um, and kind of forge a new one. I knew a big part even before I started taking a conscious journey of bettering myself and growing my understanding of myself was to um, really get out of my comfort zone. Um, there was, I didn't know anyone when I moved from Newcastle. I moved into a share house with six girls that I didn't know by chance. Um and they were all second-year students, so I was like, oh, I'm the first-year student, I'll go off to things by myself and that's when I met you um, and a bunch of other good friends, uh, Jordan as well. Um, and I wasn't like, before I moved to Newcastle, there's no way I would have gone to a party by myself. Mm. No way I would have been open to just having a, inserting myself into someone else's conversation and that's how we met. I was like, I think it was top gear of all things. I probably would have been standing around you guys for like five minutes and I was like, oh, Top Gear, I've watched enough of that to bullshit my way through a conversation. <laughs> um, yeah, and you guys were just so welcoming, and inclusive. Um, there was another really clear moment that night. This is, this is probably the moment of that night where I ran into some people that I knew from school and they're like, oh, hey, Nathan, how you going, Ra ra ra! We're over there, do you want to come hang out with us? And I was like, you guys weren't even near us. And I was like, oh, sorry, dude, I've, I've actually here with some other friends Mm. and I'd known you for 10 minutes I'm like I made that active decision to get away from what would have been the easy option of going and slipping back into my old habits and like oh this is comfortable comfortable I know these people Mm. like no I'm going to challenge myself I was very comfortable with that as well I'm going I'm going to hang out with these guys and see what happens and that was a massive turning point for me because I believe it ultimately ended up where I am now and I'm very happy and more so content with where Mm -hmm. I am now.
0: Mate, thank you so much. I'm, um, yeah, just starting, it's the perfect timing too. I'm just starting to get the red light saying we're nearing the end. But before we do wrap up, I did want to take a moment to really express my gratitude to you, Um, not only for today, but for being such a big supporter and believer of me, of Be You, of this movement of our community from from the very start. It means a lot to me.
1: Yeah, it's, it's easy because I've gotten so much growth out of knowing you before you even started the whole coaching thing. So it's very easy for me to be very grateful.
0: Perfect. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you once again for choosing to invest in yourself by listening to this podcast. Don't forget to put something that you learned into action. So the key is take a key takeaway from the episode and then make an intention to go put that takeaway into practice because that's where you'll really start to change your life and reap the rewards. Now, don't forget we have those amazing new uh, series dropping on the podcast as of mid-February. And if you want to be amongst the first people to find out about it, you want to be inside the inner circle, there's two things you can do. First one is click subscribe. Like make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you get notifications when new episodes come out. And the second thing you can do is on Facebook jump into our BU community. It is a gathering place for people who are have either come along to a live event, read my book, listened to the podcast. In some way they've interacted with the BU movement and they want to be part of that tribe. So you can jump in there and connect with like-minded people, but also find out when new episodes come out. And of course, don't forget, I mentioned those two ways. Geez, there's actually three now that I'm thinking of it. Don't forget to jump on Pocket Coach. You know, even if you're just on Pocket Coach Petite, which is the free version, like that has an unlimited free trial. You can stay on there for life and pay nothing. It has all of the podcast episodes available on there for you, as well as all the blog articles that we write. So it's got a ton of resources for you to really dive into and sink your teeth into to help you live a better life. So whether it is subscribing to the podcast, jumping into the Facebook community, or signing up to Pocket Coach Petite, Or if you're ambitious, do all three. Why not jump in? Uh, I highly encourage you to do that. And I'm looking forward to connecting with you more. And as always, until we next talk, you know what we do. Make an impact. Start with self and beat you.